Hallelujah. Turn around and look at your neighbor and say, you look very nice this morning. Yeah, you know what I'm going to say next? Turn around and tell your other neighbor, you even look better this morning. Amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's give our band and our singers and all of them a wonderful hand this morning. Praise the Lord. How many of yes, sister? Oh, wow. Okay, well, let's, uh, yeah, sure, sure. Let's uh, take someone by the hand. Let's pray for this little precious two-year-old, uh, precious two-year-old daughter. Father, we just uh, pray for this granddaughter right now. She's not but two years old, Father, and we stop. And Lord, we ask you right now, through the power of the cross, and God, all these other requests that we have this morning, Father, we lift each one of them up, and Lord, we're asking you to take this little two-year-old uh, granddaughter, and God, go right to that room that she's at right now, Father. And Jesus, not only did you come for our salvation, but every one of us has experienced your healing power. And so, Father, we're asking you right now, through the cross, that, Lord, that you would go in right now and touch her, raise her up. God, give her a good Christmas. And Father, why I'm praying this morning, Lord, I, I do once again mention everyone that's lost a loved one. God, there's ones that at this time, depression tries to come in. It tries to vex their mind. But Father, you are a good father. You're not only a good father, you're a good, good, good father. And God, I ask you through the power of the Spirit that you some way, somehow, in the midst of all of that, you would bring your joy. And you have a scripture, God, that says the peace of God that passes all understanding. So, Father, I stand and proclaim the peace of God over everybody's mind this Christmas season that may be struggling. For you will walk through it with them and continually. In Jesus' name we pray. And amen and amen. Don't we serve a good Father? We're going to believe God's going to touch that little two-year-old uh, two uh, grandchild. And we're just believing God's going to touch the rest of these prayer requests. Amen. Praise the Lord. We have been on a we've been on a um, series the last two or three weeks, and I've called it the Christmas series. And we've we've talked about uh, a journey of a journey of love. How it's important that though we may not understand Jesus Christ come to this earth as a babe to teach us how to love one another. We may not 
agree with each other, but we're commanded by God to love each other. Amen? And second of all, I talked about uh, the devil wants to do everything he can in our life to steal our peace. How many of you know that he will bring anything in your life, especially this time of season, to steal your peace? To not have a peace of mind. But if we know the Prince of Peace, then he can bring us peace. There's no peace without the Prince of Peace. This morning, leading up to next Sunday, Christmas Sunday, I want to talk just for a few minutes about a journey of hope. That Jesus Christ, Brother Jerry, came as a babe to give you and I hope with every situation that we're facing in our life. If you've ever been had the feeling of hopelessness, in your life, and I believe we've all experienced that one way or another, there is nothing any worse, I believe, than the feeling of hopelessness. But Jesus Christ came into this world to bring you and I hope in everything that we face in our life. He came to bring us hope. So grab your message notes if you got them coming in the door, and we're going to start off with Scripture, Matthew chapter 2 and uh, verse 2, and let's, it's up on screen, let's read it all together. Where is the newborn king, king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. Let's read that again. Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we've come to worship Him. I believe the whole gospel is wrapped up in Matthew chapter 2. Because the Bible says that His star arose. Back in the Jewish culture, the Jewish time, and the time that Jesus Christ came to earth, was one, at that particular time, was one of the darkest times of, uh, of life in that culture and in that time. And out of that, out of that rose this star. Out of the dark rose this star. And not only the star that was over Jesus, but the star of Bethlehem rose. Can you say amen? Well, so that's the reason I feel like the whole gospel is wrapped up in just that one scripture. Because that dark night, the star arose, and they said, where is that star? For you and I, it was the star Jesus Christ, born as a babe in a manger. He came that night, was born that night in that dark, sin-sick world. And you and I live in a dark, sin-sick world. And Jesus Christ is still that star of hope to all of us this morning. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2 put it this way. The people walking in darkness has seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness a light has dawned. We're living in a, we're living in a time when we look at our government. When we look at our culture, when we look at our own city, 
when we look at our own life, that we're living in a very dark time. Let me echo that, uh, that again. But the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, the people walking in darkness has seen a gray light. How many of you have walked in darkness before in your life, and now, right now, you're born again, you're walking with Christ, and you have seen that great light? Let's give Jesus Christ a hand this morning. Jesus wants us to unwrap these gifts every day of our life. So what I want to do this morning, I want to unwrap three gifts of hope that I believe that Jesus Christ brings this Christmas season. Uh, how many of you have kids or you have grandkids? Uh, I believe it's all. We either have kids or we have grandkids. It's nothing like at Christmas time. Watching them little kids or those little grandkids, or let me say prior to Christmas time that are wanting to open up them presents. Now, they don't want to just open them up at Christmas time. They want them to open them up at Christmas Eve. And then if the, 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 the presents are under the tree prior to that, then they want to open up, they want to open them up before then. And how many of you've had kids or grandkids that will drive you nuts? Before that Christmas day, I remember one time at the house before Christmas day, uh, I got up one night and I went in the uh, living room under the Christmas tree and tore a little, tore a little uh, the paper a little bit to see if I could uh, figure out what one of my little presents was. Those kids have hope, don't they? They got hope. That mom and dad is not going to let them down. That they're going to get a Christmas present. You know what? I got a heavenly father in heaven that I got hope in that he's not going to let me down. Amen? He's not going to let me down. No matter what's going on in my life. No matter what it looks like in my life. God has been faithful back there. And he's going to be faithful here in my life. And he's going to be faithful in the future in my life. Because I can hang on to that hope that my Heavenly Father is not going to let me down. Just like the father, the grandfather, or grandmother, or mother that puts those packages under the tree. And those children have that hope that when it's time to open them up, they're going to open up those presents. Well, I've got a Heavenly Father in heaven. That I'm putting my trust and I'm putting my hope in. But you know, it's more than you and I just hoping for presents this Christmas. Some of us are hoping that when we get our doctor's report back, that it's going to be good. Some of us are, are hoping this coming year to get a better job because of this last year. It just didn't get the bills paid. Some of people are hoping that, they've really been hoping that their marriage would get better. Some of them are hoping that their mate, they would work things out between them and their mate. They, they're hoping that their friendship with that friend that seems like it's fading away. They're hoping that their child that is on drugs or their grandchild 
will come back home to the Lord this coming year. Because they're waiting, they're hoping. But I want to tell you this morning that you can put your hope. And if you're here this morning and say, Pastor, I'm not for sure about all that. Well, I want to stand here and tell you today that you can put that hope, your hope, in Jesus Christ. Listen, it don't matter how dark it may look this morning. He's going to see you through. He's not going to let you down. Your friend might have let you down. Your wife or husband might have let you down. Or your co-worker might have let you down. But I just feel like telling somebody today that Jesus Christ is not going to fail you. He is going to see you through. You put your hope in nothing less than Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23 says it like this. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promises. We might not be able to trust some other people in our life. Or maybe some people that we had in our life that we've trusted before. And they've let us down. How many of you have had people in your life that you've really trusted before and they've let you down? They've let you down. It says, Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23 says, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep His promises. Church, God is not going to let us down, and we can trust Him with every area of our life. Look at your neighbor and say, every area of our life. So I wrote three things down uh, that I put in my notes this morning about, about hope. Number one, we have the hope of a fresh start. Thank God. Thank the Lord. We have the hope of a fresh start. For some of you, you're just waiting for the new year to have a fresh start. You're just waiting for the first of the new year here uh, uh, so you can have a fresh you can have a fresh start. For some of you, it's been a tough year. For some of you, it has been a hard year. For some of you, it's been a hard two years. For some of you, it's been maybe a hard for the last three years. But thank God, because of the hope we have in Jesus Christ, we can have a fresh start. And we need the hope of that fresh start, because it's not any of us in here that hadn't made a mistake this year. It's not one of us that hadn't failed this year. It's not one of us that hadn't did something we probably shouldn't have done this year, or we haven't said something we shouldn't have said. But you know what? Uh, we all, the Bible says, have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So thank God this morning that we all can have a fresh start. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to hit that fresh start button. I'm going to hit that fresh start button in my life. Acts chapter 13, verse 38 through 39 puts it this way. Brothers, understand 
what we're telling you. You can have forgiveness of your sins through Jesus Christ. The law of Moses could not free you from your sins, but you can be made right with God, you who believe in Jesus Christ. We all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And what does sin do to our life? It brings guilt. It brings shame. It brings pain. And it brings regrets in our life. Verse 29 says again, but you can be made right with God, those who believe in Jesus Christ. Aren't you thankful that no matter what your life looks like right now, that you can be made right with God? It's a big deal to be made right with God. This morning, you and I, no matter what has happened in our life this last year, no matter how many mistakes we've made, no matter what we've said, what we've done, I feel good today to know that I can hit the fresh restart button and know, God, you forgive me of my sins. I've been washed in your blood, and now I can walk out of here with, uh, let's say it together, a fresh start. First John 1 John 1.9 puts it this way. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from, let's say it together, all unrighteousness. Let's say that together again. All unrighteousness. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 puts it this way. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ becomes a becomes a new person, the old life has gone, and a new life is what? Began. Let's read that again. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become, let's say it out loud, a new person. The old life is gone, the new life is what? Began. Amen. Praise the Lord. Second of all, we have the hope of a fulfilled life. All of us are looking for a fulfilled life. All of us is looking for a purpose. All of us is looking for a, to make a difference somehow, to make a life of fulfillment. How many of you want God to make your life fulfilled? That you are not just existing, just going to your job, coming home, eating supper, Working at the house, going back to work, being with family, just doing the same old routine thing. Jesus Christ came as a babe to this earth so you would have a purpose. Come on. You would have a purpose in this life. You're just not here to exist. It's good to know that, that, that I have a purpose in life. And Jesus Christ came to give you and I a purpose. Having great friend, friends, I put nothing wrong with that, but that doesn't fulfill my life. Having a great job, nothing wrong with that, but that don't give me a fulfilled life. Having a great education, nothing wrong with that, but that don't give me a full life. Having a big home, nice cars, nothing wrong with that, definitely nothing wrong with that, but at the end... That does not fulfill my life. Having a lot of money, nothing wrong with that. But that doesn't fulfill my life. But I truly believe 
over 2,000 years ago that Jesus came in this life to give me a fulfilled life where I'm not just walking around every day hoping things will happen. That I know without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus Christ came that every day I have a purpose for living. Every day I have a purpose for living. Suicide is on its on a rate like it's never been before. And there's many reasons for that. But one reason I think is because sometimes we don't understand that enemy gets us in this trap that we don't we we're not we're not any purpose. We don't have any purpose in this life. But church, we have a purpose in this life. And I, how many of you want to fulfill the purpose that God has on your life this morning? That you have a purpose in life. But how many of you know the devil wants to steal that purpose? Come on, how many of you know the devil wants to steal the purpose that God has for your life? That God has great things planned for your life, and the devil wants to steal that purpose that God has for each of our lives. He don't want us to have joy. He don't want us to have happiness. He don't want us to have peace. He don't want us to walk in any of that. He will, listen, he will bring anything in our life to destroy our life. And all of us can say amen to that. John chapter 10, 10, this beautiful passage of scripture says, the thief purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. But let's, let's read the very last part of that. My purpose, Jesus said, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Let's say that again, a rich, satisfying life. Let's get that in our spirits, a rich and satisfying life. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. My purpose, Jesus said, is for them to have joy and walk in peace and walk in destiny and walk in purpose, to enjoy living and serving me all the days of their life. Jesus said, I didn't come for them to live a miserable, broken, down, frustrated, confusion, downcast, broken uh, heart all the time. Jesus said, I come for them to have life, and let's say this again, life more abundantly. Let's say that again, life, life more abundantly. God has a purpose. God has a plan. And God has a destiny for each one of our lives, lives, excuse me, and that is to have an abundant life. And brothers and sisters, I'm telling you, the devil will do everything within his power to steal that from you and I. He don't want us to have peace, sister. He don't want us to have joy. He don't want us to live in happiness. He, want us, he wants us to live miserable, broken downcast lives all the time but i got news for the enemy this morning come on trying to wake y'all up a little bit lord jesus i come jesus come to give us life okay come on i know you got a little bit more shopping to do but let's wake up okay look at your neighbor and say jesus come to give us life well, I woke up a few of you. Let's say it again. Jesus said, I come to give you life and life more abundantly. There we go. Let's give the Lord a hand. 
Jeremiah chapter 29 and 11 puts it this way. I love this passage of Scripture. For I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. He said, there are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and to give you a hope. The devil is a liar. Come on. The devil is a liar. He wants to steal. I, I want to emphasize this again. He wants to steal everything he can out of our lives. But I want the devil to hear this scripture. They're for good and not for disaster to come to give me a future and come to give me hope. Hallelujah. I can walk out of here today knowing that God has a great future and he has a great hope for every one of us. No matter what it looks like right now in my life, that scripture tells me that I can have hope and it's great plans that God has for my life. Lastly, we have the hope of a future home in heaven. Come on, you, some of you old saints. I thought I'd hear a little bit more than that. We got a future home in heaven. How many glad that this is just not it? How many glad this is just not it? Uh, I'm getting a little tired of this just it stuff right here. Amen? How many of you tired of problems and trials and tribulations and all that stuff going on in your life? How many of you know that we have the hope of a future home? This world is not my home. Let's say it together. I'm just a passing through. How many of you have some loved ones up there that you're ready to see? You have a mom, a dad, a grandmother, maybe even have a child. You have someone up there. My hope is I have a future in heaven that I'm going to spend it in uh, heaven. I want to tell this story before I close. Uh, we had some people at the church to take a CPR class uh, yesterday. We had some men and, and ladies to take it. And uh, so I uh, come to pick up Tina and a couple of the guys were standing out there and uh, they were talking about, what do you call them things? They, they shock you. I don't even know what them things are called. And uh, so they said, well, we need to get one for the church. And, and, and I said, we do. And so these two guys at the church here were standing there. And I said, well, let me, let me tell you something. I said, I'm going to just tell you two something. That if anything happens, I'm not going to get that thing, and I'm not trying to save you. Because I'm a preacher and I know how to bury you, so I'm going to just let you go. And one of, them, one of them said, you know what? He said, I'd rather be home with Jesus anyway. <laughs> Come on, amen. How many of you would just rather be home with Jesus anyway? I mean, I got some things that I want to see happen. I want to see God save this community and some things with my family that I want to see God fulfill. But if God comes today to be absent from this body, is to be present with the Lord. Amen? Well, this world is not my home. I'm just uh, passing through. If we're honest, though, there may be a few in here that you're afraid to die. You're afraid of death. You're afraid of death because you don't know where you're going to spend eternity. 
you don't you've been playing with God. You've been uh you've been saying you can uh take the wheel of your own life and drive it down the course of life and you can handle it. For some, you think, you know what? I got this. I really don't need Jesus. Really don't need Jesus telling me what to do. Uh, Lord, I, uh, I ask that you keep my, my wife, my husband, my kid, my grandkids, my family. You keep them healthy. I ask God that you uh, help me to make sure I get plenty of money in the bank. God, I got these things I want you to do. Make sure they're all taken care of, care of for me. But you know, I really, I just, I'm not going to commit to you. I'm not going to commit to you because I think I can run my life myself. Uh, you know, Pastor, I'm kind of young. I got, man, I got my whole life to live ahead of me. Talked to a doctor the other day, and he said, there's more people, younger people in here having heart attacks than it is older people. That's what the guy told me at AMC Hospital. You're not promised. You're not promised a tomorrow. No matter how young or how old. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, when it comes to this, I really don't play, church. Because there is an eternity forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And you and I are going to spend eternity in this, like our brother said, to be with Jesus right now would be great. And for a lot of us, that's true. But there might be someone here this morning that you've been playing games with God. I can't tell you how much time you got. You could have the next 20 years if God tarries, but you could have only one more day. Isn't it good to know if you're a Christian that, that at any moment, any time, that the Lord would decide to take you home, that you'll be with Him? You'd be in heaven forever and ever and ever with Him? But it's also sad to know if you don't know Christ, that he would come back today, or you go out on eternity forever and ever and ever, and we don't like to say this from the pulpit, especially it may be Christmas time, but I'm going to say it, if you don't know Christ, your home is not heaven, your home is hell. That's hard, Pastor. Well, you're, you're trying to scare me. I thought about this when I was putting my, my, my sermon together. And maybe, maybe someone would think, you know what, Pastor? You're just trying to scare me. If I can meet you in heaven because I scared, because I scared you into your life and knowing that Jesus Christ, so it be. Because I want to meet you in heaven. I want to meet you in heaven. As the band comes, I want us all to stand.
And you don't have to leave here without knowing the Lord Jesus Christ is your Savior. And I'm really not, I'm really not ending on a bad note to know the Lord Jesus Christ is the best note. Amen. Amen. Take someone by the hand and as they play, I want us to just, as we're going into this Christmas season, I want us to, uh, I want us to think about our life. Let's bow our head and close our eyes. Every head bowed and every eye closed. We're just going to, Sunday before Christmas, we're going to stop and examine our life. I don't think there's any greater Christmas present than to examine our life. You know, the, the fact is, mom and dad could be ready to go to heaven, but those teenagers or older children might not. Maybe the children may be ready and maybe mom's not ready, but dad is. They're going to be left behind. Vice versa. Please don't say I got plenty of time. Because your hope is in Jesus this morning. John chapter 14, I remember it said, chapter 14, 1 and 2 says, Jesus, don't let, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. There's more than enough room in the Father's house. If it were not so, I wouldn't, wouldn't have told you. Jesus desires so much for you to spend eternity with him. Lastly, you're not going to get to heaven because you're a good person. You're not going to get to heaven because you give a lot of money to the church. You're not going to get to heaven because you worked around the church and taught a Sunday school class. You're actually not going to get to heaven because of your church attendance or you help the poor. You're going to get to heaven because you just gave your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why John 11 says, I am the resurrection and I'm the life. Any who believes in me will live. Even after dying, John says, everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. And so the Lord wants you to put your hope in Him. There's an old hymn that says, My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ, His blood and righteousness. So before we close, the greatest gift that you could give Jesus back to Jesus Christ is knowing Him as your personal Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, this morning. And if you don't, with every head bowed and every eye closed, would you just slip up your hand and say, Pastor, I don't want to know. I Thank you. I don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. There's another hand. Praise God, church. Amen. There's another hand. Amen. Amen. Come on, church. Let's give the Lord a hand. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Let's pray this all together as a church. Say, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I admit that I'm a sinner. I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
I ask that all of my sins be covered under your blood. And I ask you to forgive me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Amen.